we're missing a voice because Shariah out of town. She left us. What's she doing? I have no idea, to Ooh. be quite honest. <laughs> She's just not We here. should call her. Yeah, we should have caught her uh, on three-way. But, she, you know, she probably sleep okay. knowing Shariah. But, anyway... Welcome to the New Kids Podcast episode number eight. eight. We almost at ten, y'all. Yay! Um, it's Maine here, and it's Honey, and we also have Taki with us again. Okay. See, Taki has been on one episode that we've already put out, right? Two, two. Ep- no, because we didn't put out the drunk episode, did we? No, but she. It was a different episode. She, that she was two there. Ones? Yeah. Okay. So I just don't remember one. Yeah. <laughs> How we just so, here. Taki is here again with us. She also has Adrian. Adrian, do you want to say hi to the podcast? Um, hi. I don't know <laughs> you might not have heard that, but he said hi, guys. He's like, um, I And our extra special guest of the day is Miss Veronica Gibson. Hello. She is a branding consultant and designer, correct? Mm-hmm. Designer yes. and illustrator. Good. Multifaceted cool. out here. Exactly. So let's start this off with the question of the day. So, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Don't look at me because I'm still thinking. Veronica, you said you have two movies. Teleportation. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I can blink and be in Paris or blink and be mm-hmm. like New York Fashion Week. Or blink and be in my bed at the end of a work week. <laughs> you can just not have to be in traffic. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the second thing I was kind of thinking of, because I'm like, I would want to fly, but I'm scared of heights. So mm-hmm. how would that really work? Uh, well, I mean, you wouldn't. Would you have to be scared if you could have the ability to fight? Would you yeah, I mean, you would still be scared. Bro. <laughs> but you can sustain yourself. That don't matter. <laughs> Your turn. I would definitely pick teleportation. And I would either pick the power to like read minds or like influence people like uh what's his name in Twilight? Jasper in Twilight, how he could like manipulate people's emotions and get them to do whatever he wants them to do. You know, Randall, that would be dope. It's weird, but like a lot of vampires just this cross literature, mm-hmm. they have that power. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe I'd be a vampire. That was a supernatural creature. Um, I think probably teleportation because um, when I be needing a vacation, I could be like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, no. dip, disappear. True. What about you? Mm. Like teleportation, like everybody says. <laughs> and then I would be invisible. Yes. <laughs> I want to be there without being seen. You can lie on the wall. Yes. I feel like that would get me in a lot of trouble. Look, bro, I was just thinking, like, I couldn't, I couldn't be That invisible. and, like, the ability to walk through walls. Because I'm a troublemaker. I couldn't be invisible. <laughs> Start throwing stuff at people, like, <laughs> knocking stuff over. So, there are quite a few things happening in the city, actually, in the next few weeks. Um, Murals in the Market kicks off September 21st. 9 p.m. Eastern Market is going to be the kickoff night to Murals in the Market. She's going to go on for a couple of days that weekend. Tons of Detroit area national and international artists are going to come and paint murals all over the market, as they do every year for the past third annual, yeah. I think it's third or fourth annual Murals It's a great event. It is. Um, I wish they would, you know, use more Detroit artists, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, what else is happening? The Deli Rave. Sheepy's bringing that back. Deli Rave is going to be September 22nd at 10 p.m. at Nathan's Deli downtown. If you have never been to a Deli Rave, you need to go to a Deli Rave at least once in your life. Um, is it going to be sandwiches? They are probably definitely <laughs> going to be sandwiches at the I'm Deli there. Rave. <laughs> you know, you got to get people in with food. Exactly. That's like a great way to... Um, but yeah, Deli Rave has been like a staple of Detroit underground nightlife. Culture. Yeah. For the, last the culture. Two <laughs> years. Do it for the culture. And then the scene Detroit, um, in cooperation with the Jolly Old Timers Club, September 24th, uh, Saturday from 1 to 6 p.m. They are having a style meetup at the Jolly Old Timers Club. That'll if you have cute. never been, it's going to be really, really cute. Um, it's on Forest Street in Midtown. Tickets are going to be $10. You can get those via the Scenes Eventbrite page. Um, the theme is denim. If you don't know anything about the scene, they are a Detroit fashion collective who kind of get together and meet up, um, mob out, take pictures, and look fly. And look fly. So <laughs> the theme is denim for that day. Um, $10 gets you entry to the event. 
a drink, and you also get a picture um, with one of the scenes. Really, really, really cool photographers. I'm not sure who's going to be the photographer for that one, but the scene events are always really cool. Awesome place to network if you're into fashion. Um, even if you're not into fashion in the city, just a really, really good place to network. Um, the Detroit Dining Club, shout out to Ashley, um, is having their fall mixer September 28th um, at Tony V's Tavern. Um, tickets are available at DetroitDiningClub.com. Um, I believe Dining Club is just like Ashley puts yeah, Ashley like, uh, from Ashley from Ally and I, uh, the sunglass company. She puts together uh, these meetups at a few different local restaurants. Yeah. I think she had one at the Antietam. I think it's called downtown. Was her first one. Um, and this one's gonna be at Tony V, so it's gonna be probably a little bit more relaxed. But I heard they have real, real, real good hot wings. They have really good pizza as well. I'm gonna have to go to that. Uh, and then last but definitely not least, Your Black Friends is having Not Your Average Tailgate for, is this the first time? This is the it? first time they're having the Not time Your Average Tailgate. I already got my tickets. Turn up. I didn't get mine. I think I actually worked that day, which sucks. Um, but it's a lot of time I'm going to be So, Not Your Average Tailgate, September 30th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can get your tickets at yourblackfriends.com. Um, shout out to YDF, the other yes. black young podcasters in the city. They're in the they out ones. here. Well, they are out here. All right, hot topics. Little Caesars Arena open. How do you guys feel about So, that? I went because, of course, my aunt is my aunt. She had tickets for preview week. And so, she dragged me along. And... Honestly, I was not blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for as much... First of all, this uh, the preview week was about two... It was either last week or the week before. And they were still doing construction inside. <laughs> so, mind you, they had like all these like people like in and out. Um, and they, were, they still had stuff that they were trying to get together. Um, the concession stand was chaos. Um, it was run by volunteers, mm-hmm. which were ill prepared to deal with the magnitude of people. Yeah, so there was still a, it was still a lot going on. Uh, my aunt is a season ticket holder for the Pistons, so she got two she tickets. Look, so okay, but um, so she's of course excited about you know, and then she also lives downtown, so she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is in walking distance and blah blah. blah. And it's I'm nice yeah. yeah, and I'm just like in my mind, I'm like jobs, DPS, mm-hmm. like all the different things that have gone on um, that I've been hanging over, and just the simple fact that it's called Little Caesars Arena is annoying it's because pizza. pizza people at my job been calling it the Pizzerina. <laughs> I go Obamacare. Oh my goodness! But um, like I said, I have mixed reactions to it. Um, it has its positives and its negatives. Um, it'll be interesting to see the impact that it has on the city and um, upcoming developments in terms of the queue line mm-hmm. expansion mm-hmm. and um, neighboring development. Mm-hmm. But they on some bullshit for this Kid Rock. That's what I was saying. Like shenanigans in getting the. Lately, it's just been in the press in a negative light because yeah. everything just keeps happening because of, you know, the opening and stuff. And it's a whole... I just feel like this choice. This, this yeah. ...type thing going on. I don't oh, know what's going on. It's just, just too much too soon. Like it just I just feel like <laughs> for, them to, for them to be in a city that is predominantly African-American mm-hmm. with an artist who has a history of supporting symbols and rhetoric that is a part of white nationalist speech. It was very insensitive. A man who is committing hate crimes, basically. It is very insensitive. And then he's not even from Detroit. But yeah. I'm saying, I thought Big Sean would have done it. Like, like Big Sean would have And so I'm, sure, I'm sure if they would have asked, he would have been down. And then especially like, with yeah. him being, you know, going to cast, like right down the street. like Right down the street. I mean, like, they could have asked Aretha. And I'm sure Aretha would have been. Right. So I'm like, anybody that supports the city. Anybody from Detroit for Detroit. Actually, from Detroit for Detroit. Would have had a much more valuable impact than Kid Rock because honestly who in the city like who in, who this, city, in this city not Warren right <laughs> is really banging right. Kid Rock 
So, segueing into that, Kid Rock is running for Senate, and I'm going to read y'all a blurb. Senate of what? Senate of Senate the United States of the United States of America. America because why not? <laughs> so he says, not only can I raise money for this critical cause of uh, promoting voter registration, but I can help people get registered to vote at my shows. Since the announcement, the media has speculated that this was a ploy to sell shirts or promote something. I can tell you I have no problem selling Kid Rock shirts. And yes, I absolutely will use this media circus to sell slash promote whatever I damn well please. Many other politicians are doing the same thing. They just feed you a bunch of bullshit about it. This is on his official campaign site, people. Uh, but either way, <laughs> money raised at this time through the sale of merchandise associated with this very possible campaign will go towards our registered to vote efforts. One thing is for sure, though, the Democrats are shattered in their platoons right now, and rightfully so. So, okay, first question. What is he running as? Right. Does it indicate? No, it does not. Okay. It does There's not only say. one type of people that will actually Very true. This clown. He's called lawyers jackasses in this. Democrats are shattered in their platoons. This is a potential Senate candidate. I mean, you guys. this I is mean, very. This is, I just feel like Kanye West president 2020. I mean, at this point, American politics is obviously a circus. Like, <laughs> I don't know for Justin Bieber at this point. Hey, listen, anybody before Kid Rock. Anybody before because what can Kid Rock do for me? Who is he? Who is <laughs> what is what is his real name? Like, no one even knows. No one cares. He needs to retire the fedora hat. Please. And don't he got a mullet or do he got a ponytail? We <laughs> don't know because it's, it's, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid of both. Business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> Damn. Huh. So the Equifax breach um, was was this earlier this week or mm-hmm. late last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, hackers hacked into Equifax, who's a credit, a credit company, uh, their records and had access to names, social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, and some driver's license numbers. Uh, I wish, first of all, I wish these hackers would hack into Sally Mae. Like, <laughs> take away my right. student loans. Please. They hacking for the wrong reason. They hacking like, for the wrong reason. You're not trying to save reason. us. Who are you hacking for? Again? They hacking these, like, <laughs> uh, porn sites. Official like, records. Like, no, 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 no. Come no, on, bro. 143 million Equifax customers. Oh, now, man. I did read that, like, when one of their sex customers, do they mean, like, people who subscribe and get their monthly... Probably. Okay. Or people who have, like, credit loans or any type of service directly through Equifax. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I never did anything with Equifax. I mean, well, when I check my uh, credit score, I do see that Equifax provides that, like, information in addition to other credit scores. Mm -hmm. So it's like a comparison between Equifax, TransUnion, and I can't remember Uh, somebody I should know this. Equifax, TransUnion, and... uh, and I was reading an article that said one of their like sensitive sites had a user uh, username password combo of like admin admin yeah so there's password and username yeah <laughs> it's like hello, come on now come on now I need to be a hacker man anonymous where y'all at I do it uh, on a lighter note, Detroit Tigers are going to house some of the Hurricane Irma first responders at their uh, spring training uh, facility down south in Lakeland, Florida. The facility is currently not being used, and the team announced this Sunday that uh, first responders and emergency personnel are going to be able to use the space to set up shop while helping the victims of the storm. Shout out to y'all, Tigers. Um, and I went to the Tigers game last night, and we won. So oh, okay, I'm on Thursday. Right we definitely lost it. I was about to say. Well, we beat the. Well, I think we won by one yesterday. It was real close. A we win is a win. That's tight. A win is a win for sure, <laughs> especially for a Detroit Look, sports team. Can I just not, say, wait, no. today traffic was horrible. It's mm-hmm. a Tigers game going on right now. Mm-hmm. Kid Rock is having his show at the arena. When was the show? It's he did it for like six days. Listen, I went to Green Dot one day and these two Kid Rock supporters were sitting next to me and I was just like, why am I what? You can see them like walking downtown. Didn't he have like a video game at one point? 
Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. But yeah, downtown is a mess. And so I was thinking, like, when the snow falls, two things. When the snow falls, the queue line, who's going to plow those streets? How is that going to work? Because all the snow, like, goes inside. And these mogo bikes. Are they going to put the bikes away? I think because you can't have away. rusty bikes. I think they're going to put the snow. bikes away. Okay. Um, right. But you do bring up an interesting point about the queue line. Also, with the queue line, I saw an argument, <laughs> like, a couple, maybe last week. Uh, apparently, somebody's car got, I don't oh, know if they I got heard it. Stuck or they turn. They I got, think he was trying. No, they he, said he was trying to cut the queue. He line was trying to cut off. the queue line off, and the queue <laughs> line hit him. And then yesterday, no, the day before yesterday, some lady got a ticket and got her car, car towed because she parked like on the tracks, slightly on the tracks. Like she wasn't all the way on the tracks, but she was just enough on the tracks parked so that it couldn't pass. So, so she got to pay like a thousand dollars to get her car. Now that's steep. But to the first situation, I saw like people arguing like, "This is what I don't like about the queue line. It's in the way." And I'm like, granted, while there are many criticisms for this mode of transportation yeah. mm-hmm. it is a very large that. train <laughs> what made you right. think that you were going to beat it it makes noise when it passes like, like it has a bell do you not hear do you it? not see it do you not well, hear why it? are you even trying to <laughs> cut the right like why did you even make people are so impatient but yes let's Last but not least, for our hot topics and news, it is rumored that Amazon has been eyeing Detroit as a potential location for one of their new headquarters yay, spots. Yay. And it is also rumored that it has gotten so bizarre that apparently Dan Gilbert has assembled some sort of team, some sort of task force. I can believe that. Like the X-Men to convince Amazon. I can believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> Um, he's like now the question is where are they going to go I've been hearing Ann Arbor because um, of the workforce out there because basically you know everybody that live out there they basically go to uh, yeah. U of M yeah. so and it's they a working education um situation that's where Arbor, uh, so. Barnes and Noble's headquarters is I believe so mm-hmm. yeah. so that's people are like, yeah um you know people are like yeah they should bring them to Detroit and I'm like where, where are they, they going go? to go I'm okay with that one for jobs two for yeah. Amazon now with the drones and they drop off whatever you order at your door I think that's so cool it's creepy as hell but it's so cool it will create more jobs within the city yeah so there's a petition actually going around as well um, on change.org. So if you want to go sign that to bring Amazon to Detroit, I suggest you do that. Even though I'm sure, you know, Mr. Gilbert's task force is probably the best of the best. Yes, the best. He, has he has Superman. He has Superman on his <laughs> Superman, we need you. <laughs> actually apply for a job at Snap. Snapchat? Ooh. Yeah, Snapchat for Detroit. And for uh, NBC, Mm. they have something downtown. Snapchat is So if y'all are listening, you know, just let me know. I need to come in. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) All right, so um, is that all? That is it for our hot topics. We will take a commercial break. Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Shariah. I'm one third of the new kids and owner of Marshall Career Consulting. I specialize in resume editing, CV editing, business plans, and all sorts of business needs. My purpose is to help you have the career of your dreams and to make you the best worker or entrepreneur possible. I also work with small business assistants, such as small business analysis and small business startup. I pride myself in not only helping you to make the best decisions for your business, but also for yourself. You can check me out at www.marshallcareerconsulting.com. You can also check me out on Twitter at Shariah, S-H-Y-R-I-A-H-M. Or you can also check me out on Instagram or Facebook, all under Marshall Career Consulting. And you do have the ability to book me at all of these sites. So let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all. So the reason why we are here is to interview this lovely young lady sitting next to me, Veronica Gibson, Western alumni. Wrote about Wait, say alumni. We had Western alumni, so Look. hey friends. Look, um, I can't help that Western is just like one of the greatest schools ever and that we breed so many amazing people. Is it though? Because y'all complained about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I said Western, not Kalamazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two separate institutes that we will not <laughs> discuss. But... 
So uh, before I go into my spiel about how horrible Kalamazoo is, we're going to let Veronica tell us all about herself, who she is, and what she does. So I'm Veronica. (laughs) Um, So I own the Creative Exception uh, LLC. It is a creative agency that started off with me slaying paintings in college, then transformed into me having a clothing line, then it transformed into me doing illustration. Um, So right now, I am just the go-to all-hats type of creative person. So right now, my passion is to help businesses become more unique through the use of design and creative branding. Sounds very intricate. (laughs) So... Um, tell us a little bit about your background. Are you from the city? You know, what high school did you go to? Um, favorite Coney Island? Because, you know, that's very important. That is very important. Um, and yeah, all that. All that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I grew up on 8 Mile in Wyoming. Okay. She's a Westsider. Yeah, also known as the West Township. <laughs> hey. um, Finally, we got one. <laughs> uh, I went to Ferndale High School. Not a lot of people know about Ferndale. So, I've been told. My cousin's Okay, so so we're here. Love you, love you. Um, my favorite Coney Island is El George's. Do not give me that face. I get listen. I get so much hate when I say El George's, but they all be, always get me right. Hey, you and know? I always go to the one outside of Detroit, so that means okay. I really. Um, what other questions you have? Um, well, in terms of that, uh, mm-hmm. that was it. But so, what got you into this? Um, you were you said that you you know as an artist, it's kind of inspired your journey. Um, did you always want to be an artist? Like, is this something that developed when you were a kid, or is this something that you got into in college, or what? I like to say it was kind of forced um, because my mom went to CCS and was mm-hmm. a fine arts major. So when I would be bugging her, she would give me art projects. Mm-hmm. So she would bring home, like, because she worked a lot. She worked at MGM, so she did the night shift. So my grandma basically raised me. So she would have all these projects to keep me busy and keep me out of my grandma's hair. Um, so since she graduated um, with her finance degree, she, we would just work on paintings together since I was younger. Um, but she wanted me to be a doctor. Go figure. Because she, <laughs> she was like, you know, you can't really make money in art because she never really did. Mm-hmm. So she got into banking. She was like, you need to be in finances or in medical. Um, and then I got an academic scholarship to Western and I chose to be a product development major. And she flipped her lid so to speak so that kind of got me into it but um while at western i learned a lot of different things and i just fell in love with graphic design and then when your friends start making businesses and you do graphic design they're like can you do my logo and then that's what happened so so um what was your first job out of college like was it really uh, relevant to what you want to do or was it just one of those jobs where you was like look i need some money and this is it's it's what it is you know uh i actually interned for nordstrom okay interesting <laughs> it was a retail management internship it looked really good on paper because it's a really big company everyone knows mm-hmm. i was basically a glorified sales lead um yeah it was horrible but they did allow me to move to chicago with the company so i went to the michigan avenue store and i stayed there for eight months and then i went to quicken which is another story did nordstrom um did your experience at nordstrom experience or uh influence you wanting to be your own clothing line it actually did because there's not a lot of predominantly african-american clothing lines out there there's really nothing that says anything about detroit for them to have so many locations in michigan they don't really have that much detroit inspired apparel Mm -hmm. i understand like the hierarchy of having to go through corporate but i was like it would be really dope to have like a detroit inspired clothing brand next to gucci that would be lit so that's what i kind of got into with that detroit fashion is it's such an untapped market i think it's slowly being tapped the detroit design festival is ending right now going on right now um they've had a couple of fashion events they had one at detroit's in the black uh this wednesday and then they have one at tech town yep they had one in tech town and there's another one today um i don't know where it's going to be though but it's slowly, they're, they're bridging the tech world, the design world, a lot of people who source raw materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, the creation of actual looks and pieces. So a lot of people come to Detroit, I, I feel like, for the raw goods, textiles, metal, stuff like that, and then end up designing something nice, which is cool, but... We definitely need a jump start in the fashion industry here, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. So we, we have hella, hella potential. <laughs> okay, so moving to the present, you don't have to tell us exactly where you work, but tell us um, about your day job and how that factors in to you trying to also run your business and be an entrepreneur. So, I hate my day job. <laughs> I can't say where I work because I hate it that much. <laughs> Um, but it does it's kind of like one of those things that pays the bills and then some gives me the funds to do what I want to do it's not that stressful Mm -hmm. so I can work from 8 to 5 and then get off work and really truly be off work Um, but really working there and right now I work with businesses so I give them the technology and advice to run their business and then I see like their website and their branding is horrible and I'm like itching to just say, hey, did you know? that?" <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things where I'm just setting myself up to just cut ties and just do this on my own. Um, so what does a day in the life of Veronica look like? Ooh, wee child. Um, a busy day. Typical day is usually busy. I work from eight to five. I go home for lunch because I have the leisure of working four blocks away from home. Go home, work on a project for a client, do some freelance stuff for myself. Go back to work, work until five, get off work, uh, work on a website, make a phone call. Um, I actually have two friends that we're building a relationship, which I'll get into. But uh, we usually meet up and I'm helping them with their branding for their companies. So that's really been my life is meetings on meetings on meetings after work. Um, So how long has um, Creative Exception been an entity? Um, or when when did you get that moment where you decided that you wanted to create your own like agency? Um, the creative agency came to me in December of last year. It was in March of last year that I decided I wanted to make something to leave to my future family, uh, especially in art, because there is a stereotype that you can't make money in art, but the actuality is that you need art in every type of genre and every type of industry. So I I knew it was important when I was uh, working in my past job to build something off of it because I was slinging paintings in my old job. People would say, I want this painted for my living room and I would come in there with a 36 by 24. (laughs) Like, okay, I have this for this person. So they knew that I was doing something. So I just had to legalize it, basically. Cool. Um, So this next question, and I kind of want to pose it to everybody at the table. Uh, but who is your or what does your ideal client look like? Mm. Mm. So, Veronica, since you are the topic of discussion, you can go first. And then we're going to get to Taki since Taki is our future budding worldwide photographer. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I give like a synopsis before yeah. I answer? Mm-hmm. So, my agency, I'm trying to gear up towards helping millennial small business owners within their first six months of ownership. So, from business plan to launch, doing one cost for everything for under $1,000, and that includes your website and uh, your photography headshots. It's very hard to do that, bridging into my ideal client, when um, people don't understand the difference between being a hustler and a business owner, because you can't really do both. Yeah. Um, so I have people that come to me, and they're hustlers, and they don't, they kind of get offended when I'm like, okay, so I don't think you're ready, because you can sling eyelashes on the side and not really want to quit your day job and do it full time. Yeah, I can I can relate to that, because a lot of times I encounter clients or potential clients who come to me with an idea or a strategy and they expect me to do all the work mm-hmm. and I'm like this is your idea this mm-hmm. is your plan this is your business like mm-hmm. I'm here to help you develop this and help it grow into the next stage I'm not here to do everything for you and then once it's a finished product give it to you and say good luck mm-hmm. that's not fair to either of us because you're not really learning anything and I'm not really adding any value yeah it's my work you know yeah so what I'm trying to do right now because there's a ton like we can keep it a buck my, my friends from Baltimore <laughs> they, we can keep it a buck it's a lot of business designers in Detroit or people that do logos I should say and they do just slang up something at them 
And my thing is, if you don't know how to maintain your own branding and the, your creative side of your business, it's going to fall off and start looking kind of confusing. So my ideal client would be the person that wants to actually learn how to do this stuff on their own, put in the time and the effort. So when they pay that lump sum, they don't have to ever pay anyone else to do it again. I'm basically educating you and giving you jewels. But I will not do a logo and just send it to you via email. Don't ask me. But I get it all every day. Can you just do this logo in pink and white? Pink, white, and black, and silver. (laughs) That's the things I'm getting right now. Well, Taki. (laughs) Well, it's really hard to say because right now my thing is just with outside. So I'm more like nature buildings still life still life yeah so that would be your ideal that's happening at the moment so maybe like photojournalism probably Mm. I could definitely see that because you like stories because she does a lot of research before she goes out to take pictures Mm -hmm. oh my god I have to do research before I go do something like I need to know because <laughs> I don't want to just go take pictures and not know what it means or what it is like I yeah. have to know I think and then that's when I'll be like okay I tell them too I'm like okay y'all so I got this idea right <laughs> I think that's important too when somebody asks you know you about a picture mm-hmm. you want to be able to give them like a, story, a right? background or a story you just don't want to be like oh well I just went and took this picture right? Right. yeah which is kind of the problem that I have with a lot of people who uh, do come to Detroit uh, looking for ruin porn it's like it's cool of course these ruins look crazy amazing. cool they look amazing and you know like I'm not uh, yeah I love ruins and I'm not faulting them for you know seeing the beauty in that but like figure out the story behind it don't just come and expose or oh, just trace ruins the trace like, looks like ground zero. history I have to know the history yeah. behind whatever we'll find the story I'm about to do mm-hmm. like, yeah so that's why a lot of my pictures I did my research Mm -hmm. like there's a reason why I took that picture because the history behind it intrigued me enough to be like okay I have to go here Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do it tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) I just started my new job uh, like at the end of July and I went on Instagram the other day and I was like dang I haven't posted a picture since I started my new job Mm -hmm. and that didn't make me feel good so I was just like you know what tomorrow I'm going to go out. I already know where I'm going. I'm going to go out and just take some pictures. Honey? My ideal client. Uh, for what? <laughs> for which business? Right. Um, whichever honey, one comes to mind. Honey got like both titles. My ideal client. Um, well, I probably have two. My ideal client would probably be, um, for consulting at least, and a young artist, probably 20 to 30, I'll say. 20 all at 30 um who is looking to maybe become a bit more mainstream in the Detroit art world um is looking to put themselves out there a little bit more and bridge from the underground to mainstream Detroit art um somebody who's definitely looking to have a solo show soon because I love organizing people's shows um and then businesses Anyone who just needs exposure for their products, I think, because that's kind of also what I offer. Um, sure, I'll take a picture of your product and put it on my Instagram. You can pay me for that. <laughs> so those are probably my top two clients right now. Definitely independent artists, um, younger millennial artists, for sure. For sure. Um, so for me, I think my ideal client would be someone who identifies as a non-traditional entrepreneur. Um, so within the field uh, that you wouldn't see uh, regularly in small businesses, mm-hmm. um, who and this person doesn't have access to the resources that many small businesses are marketed for. Um, this is someone who already has either their business foundation in place um, and they need some guidance to move to the next step or um, they are still in the beginning stages of their business formation, but they have a plan. Um, And from there, we can move them to the next stage, whether it be opening up their storefront, you know, um, enhancing their target audience or whatever they need to do to get their wheels going. I need to add having a plan of mine because Lord, yeah, add that on the front of mine. <laughs> like someone that has a plan. Yeah, because a lot of people don't really know. And it's cool. I mean, it's cool not to know, but when you're seeking out someone's services, especially paid services, mm-hmm. and you go to them and be like, 
uh, you know, well, I kind of want to do this, but I mm-hmm. also think about it. Like, that's not really mm-hmm. a good use of yours or their it's time. It's not beneficial. Yeah, it's not really beneficial. Um, and it, it kind of creates a cycle of back and forth. So uh, my next question to you, Veronica, is how do you attract new clients or how do you continue to build your client base? Right now I'm in uh, growth stages. So I don't know if this is good or bad or not, but most of my friends own businesses. Um, And I just, like it's a thorn in my side when they go, like I have a friend that paid $3,000 for branding services in her beginning stages and in my head if you're a small business owner you if you have a three thousand dollar branding budget you're not a small business. you're not a small <laughs> in my head i think that's such a problem that millennials face today because of the instagram culture that we live in if it looks good it and we expect it to be good or pricey oh, exactly if it looks pricey or expensive we expect it to be of that same quality and that's not always true you have to develop your product you have to develop your plan first before and do your research yeah, like because People be like snapping titles and these expensive price tags on their work, and it does not equate to the work that they actually do. It's not worth it. Because I'm, I'm frugal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. So if I see someone with a three thousand dollar price tag, I'm gonna be like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think it's especially if I know I paid less for for that item before. Girl. Like I know I could get it cheaper. To um, get it cheaper, or that it's gonna develop along the way. If you develop yeah. your product and you develop your brand plan, like your branding is gonna end up being a reflection of that in the first place. So I think that if a lot of people, especially younger business owners, take care of the important stuff face the branding and all the fancy they don't be so much easier for important. me because i'm not a business consultant mm-hmm. and they ask me all the time like what do you think it is and i'm like that's not my lane like mm-hmm. my lane's over here i like to that's be good sturdy. though because you have to know <laughs> how to differentiate you know yourself from those type of questions because mm-hmm. a lot of times people think that okay i'm paying you to do this but you probably got knowledge in this so i'm gonna just ask you all these questions that i have mm-hmm. and people are giving them advice that really isn't good or sound and so yeah the brand looks good but you making all these bad business you know decisions and that's not to say that um you know quality work is going to be cheap because mm-hmm. you know that's all that's yeah. always something that we think about, I mean about if i know i got it for cheaper before like, yeah i just feel like if it's not that if it doesn't, if the quality doesn't match the price, then why would I? Why would I pay for it? <laughs> or my thing is, um, they pay two thousand for something, and then they do it, and they have their branding package, and it looks amazing. And then if they want to update content or do anything, you gotta go and pay more money. Mm. That's the thing that my company doesn't do is we actually pay that price, and then we show you how to do everything that we did. So if you want to change it, you can you have the ability yeah. to either log in on your computer and do it, or I offer additional service add-ons for less than a hundred dollars. And that's so that's important. Yeah. And we talked about this with Jill of Jars. Having that support in addition to your product is a very key component in not only keeping your customer, but having that customer refer other people to you because if they receive that quality service then they're going to recommend it to someone else long term yep long term that's really good that you do it for that price because there's a lot of us out here that like we want that knowledge like we need that knowledge but we don't have the money and so for you to come in with you know such a low price for getting so much knowledge like that's good for us because a lot of us we can't afford to pay two thousand dollars i can't even three (laughs) thousand i was like we can't so to get all of that like great information for such a low price that's a gem to us yeah so we um looked at your website um I updated it yesterday. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. But there's a a very interesting component on your website, your blog. So um, tell us about how blogging has supplemented your work, how it's, um, and how it's been a crucial part of what you do. Um, So the blog started because every one of my friends that I mentioned own businesses are working either one or two jobs. And they're in the art field. Um, as I said, I wanted to kind of like shatter that stereotype that you can't make money or be fulfilled in art. So I started interviewing my friends about their art businesses, helping publicize it. 
um, because people say I have an audience, but I'm like, I am so lame. So they said, they were like, you have an audience and you should interview me. So I have people that are starting up. I have friends that are doing art shows. Um, my friend Megan does uh, Daisy Doodle. So she does like natural hair doodles oh. and she does cartoon like little coloring books and I was like this is dope so um it actually started picking up more for me when an artist that has like 80,000 followers that's based out of Sacramento asked me if she can be interviewed and I was like girl you're my Instagram bestie like what you mean <laughs> I did see that blog post like I be making up friendships with artists in my I head do. and I'm like, like girl me too I'm like look I even some people I'm like look you're my Instagram bestie you don't even know it but um, it kind of for me with my business it ties into supporting other people without any ill intent and by that I mean supporting other people without going after them thinking they can do something for you in return mm-hmm. so I go after people and I'm like look I just like what you do I just think you're dope you don't have to do nothing for me I just want to be in your presence get the good vibes and I put it on my page because they're doing what they're doing while doing a 9 to 5 which isn't easy to start yeah. a business and still work um, so another interesting component to your website is your um, shop slash ebooks. Mm-hmm. So how did you come up with the idea to offer ebooks and um, the other information that you provide on your site? Um, I thought that it would be tying into the educational piece for my packages. Um, I wanted to offer it as well as something that anybody could purchase. Um, especially my creative brief questionnaire, because if you can't answer any questions in there, you're not, you're not ready for branding. <laughs> um, so it kind of is something that I wanted on there. Uh, something I couldn't make it free because books is petty. So I made it 99 cents. Mm. But um, just something that people can actually learn from and be like, okay, so instilling that value for them, knowing the difference between uh, color codes and CMYK and RGB and why that's important to know the different codes, like what do they mean? Um, so that they can start getting that education and be like, okay, I'm actually ready for branding. Because I've turned people down that reached out to me and I'm like, what's your target market? Women ages 11 to 34. Woo. We need to... That's so many different like specifications. Like yeah. someone who's eleven can't even try. Like, right. like, five different So I was like, okay, so you know, I had to turn them down, not in a mean way, but it's more so like I have this ebook on my website, Hey the Dying Nonsense, or I actually gave it to her for free because I just wanted her to be ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ebooks itself is just me trying to show people that they can do it themselves and stop getting penny like penny pinch, nickel to nine for like social media templates. You can do that in PowerPoint. I don't know why people think they need to pay for Adobe Suites. <laughs> I'm just thinking like to myself like all these things, but yeah. So in your journey this far, both as a creative and as a business owner, who have been your biggest creative influences? Mm, it would be my mom. Even though we argue and half the time I don't talk to her, she knows I love her. But she, um, she's a t- the type of person that can literally work and balance drawers for Hungry Howies and handle their business accounts, go home and retile the bathroom floor and then go upstairs and paint an oil painting. <laughs> like, I don't know anybody else like that <laughs> that can do that. But my mom is kind of like that person that showed me that it's important for people to know how to do stuff yeah. because she... I don't know how to, she has a, a actual saw downstairs. Like she's like, okay, I want this in my living room. I'm not about to pay for one for it. it. I'm about to go and make it. Like that's my mom. Um, and my uncle Leon, her best friend from CCS, he's a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. He used to work for our, uh, for Apple. So he does logos and things too. Way out of my pay grade, but um, <laughs> he showed me the um, composition and the 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 importance of design. Even though it doesn't look like glittery and flashy, mm-hmm. he shows me the long term of why corporate people have these type of logos versus mm-hmm. having the versus free the, yeah, type of, <laughs> the trendy products, type of logos. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we are going to take another break. Commercial break. Woo woo. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Jermaine Pencil, one third of the New Kids and owner of G Pencil Consulting. I work with young professionals, entrepreneurs, small businesses, and nonprofits to help take their organizations or personal development to the next level. 
To learn more about what I do, you can visit me at gpencil, that's P-N-T-S-I-L, consulting.weebly.com, or check me out on Twitter at Jermaine Pencil, that's P-N-T-S-I-L. Hey guys, my name is Hania Cross, but everybody calls me Honey. I'm a project manager and creative consultant. Currently, I offer event and brand management services to creative entrepreneurs in the city. You can find me on Instagram at Honey underscore Spiffy. That's at Honey underscore S-P-I-F-F-Y. Or you can visit my website at www.hania-cross.com. Alrighty, so this is our last and final section of our interview. So I got some general questions for you. Um, so first, what is the scariest part of your career been so far? You're a freelancer, but you also have a day job. So I feel like balancing that is probably a bit scary and putting yourself out there as a freelancer is probably a bit daunting. So what's been the scariest part so far? The scariest part is the fact that um, I'm anti I'm an anti-social extrovert. Um, so once you get to know me, I'm like this bubbly person. But like I said before, it's a lot of branding designers in Detroit. So it's kind of like if you put yourself out, it's like immediate competition and evaluation of your work, even though I don't want to be in competition with anyone. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like one of those things where like, oh, she's doing this now, even though I was an artist first. So it's kind of like no shade, but like you can't check me, boo. Like that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would probably be like, I wouldn't say the most scary, but it is intimidating mm -hmm. for sure because I don't have that much of a following for my business. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a personal following. So Same. it's something new that people know me are starting to realize yeah. I do. But what's been the most rewarding part? Helping my friends that own businesses, like do their brand design correctly to where we can put the design in all black and you can still read it type of. <laughs> it's just like setting them up to where everything is polished and they're like I had a person cry to me like oh my gosh she was a hairstylist she was like I've been doing this for so long and you just got me all the way together like everything just looks like I just paid $10,000 and um, so that's probably the most rewarding thing for me then I have to go back to work which I hate but <laughs> um, that, that the, grat the gratification of just someone acknowledging that I helped them that much is good enough for me yes um, so what advice would you give to somebody who is not able to pay you for, you know, like branding services? What advice would you give? So probably somebody just starting off in their own business if they want to start off on branding or start brainstorming what their branding would look like, what advice would you give them? Um, first, I would ask them if they've done any research in their industry. I always say research. I research the heck out of anything before I do it. Um I would connect them actually with my friend Carmen, who's doing a motivational confidence coaching mm -hmm. for business owners specifically, because sometimes we just need that push and we have so much doubt, we just don't move. So I would connect them to her. Um, but I would just say research, research and the belief that you're here for a reason and no one can do what you do the way you do it. So um, that's kind of like one of my mottos. But um, that, that's what I would, I would just say, just do it. The first thing is to just start. Just start. Yeah. I agree because I often get stuck in my head and I get mad. <laughs> Some days I don't even want to get out of bed. I'll be like, man, do I have to? Do I have to? <laughs> right. Do I want to be? I don't want a dog. Like, can I just move on my mom? <laughs> Put me on your insurance. No, really though. I will. <laughs> my mom couldn't think to take me off her insurance this year. I don't have that luxury yeah, anymore. So she yeah, yeah, me neither. I surpassed the age limit. Surpassed the age limit. I got two more years. Last She's year, like, yeah, we're taking you off this year. <laughs> so, uh, how do you stay inspired? So, like, how do you refill your creative well? You listen to podcasts, TV shows, uh, blogs, Tumblr posts. How do you stay educated and inspired? Uh, the educational part, I watch a lot of documentaries. Mm -hmm. I watch old school art documentaries and mm -hmm. design. I read. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a ton of design books on my phone. So on my lunch breaks, uh, I read that. I actually have a book uh, that I read. I would recommend every young woman that's an entrepreneur to read. Plug, silent plug. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Girl Code. 
for success, sanity, and happiness for the female entrepreneur. I read this. I've read it three times. So the little spiels, there's interviews. I read that to keep myself motivated. And I just do my own. Like, when I'm dealing with a person that's stressing me out, I legit will look at Beyonce and be like, I'm about to paint her. <laughs> and that just, for some reason, it de-stresses me and I get in my zone. And I'm like, okay, I got to go back to the business. So. I feel it. Um, so you just recently how long have you been back in the city? Uh since August since I guess two thousand fifteen. I've been here a while. So you've been here a while again. So what do you you since you've been back from school, where do you think our generation, like as millennials, where do you think we're needed most um in the city? I feel like we're the number one thing that can stop the gentrification in Detroit. If we all were to think of ourselves as more of a co-working environment instead of competition, mm-hmm. because that's the thing, really, uh, that's al- not allowing because they got money. So, I mean, they buying blocks. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm saying, like, if we were able to see each other as, like, me and Jermaine saying we're going to get together and do something instead of I have a boutique, my cousin got a boutique, instead of coming together and making a big boutique, we're going to make the same boutique on the same block and be competition. Um, So I think that our thing is more so a bunch of people doing the same things and not reaching out to each other and helping each other get to that next level. That's kind of what it is. Our last guest, um, Raphael, uh, one of his main things is buy the block, like work together as a collaborative Mm -hmm. effort to buy back the block. And I think that's something that you really have to be serious about in the city if you want to make a substantial impact. Because yes, while all these changes are going on, you know, downtown and in midtown, what about the hood? You know, what about Seven Mile and Van Dyke? What about, you know, Six Mile and wherever it goes on the west side? Because I don't know y'all over there. Ooh. But- <laughs> <laughs> but y'all know what I mean. Seven Mile and Schaefer. Um, well, yeah, that. So, what about these areas where we know people need the help, where we know the work needs to be done, but getting that effort together, you know, is it, slow. Um, we need to really think about mobilizing ourselves as a unit and taking our strengths and putting it towards those communities. So. Now I'm gonna talk a little bit about goals. I know a lot of our guests hate, hate these, questions. these questions. I hate these questions as well. So it's a two part. So where do you see yourself in five years? Mm. <laughs> um, what are your goals for the next five years? And where do you see yourself at the very end of your career when you're on top of everything, when you've done it all? What have you accomplished? In the next five years, I would love, love to have my own office. My auntie says it's overrated because you can't write off as much on your taxes. But um, I want to have a creative agency. Like, I want to have an in-house photographer, business consultant, motivational coach, Mm -hmm. social marketing strategist, because I don't really deal with Instagram. I suck at it. (laughs) Listen. I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's not even that. I hate Instagram. It's not even that I'm bad at it. It's takes a, a lot to build a brand energy, on Instagram to build a brand to like the consistency because even if you don't have your branding all the way together Instagram seems like it's just consistency if you're consistently putting out content that is what gains you followers that's what gains you exposure shit's hard <laughs> it's very hard so to me I want to have something for my clients so where they can come to creative exception agency and they're like cool I need headshots I got Taki over here. She's going to do my headshots. Do this. I got Raya. She's going to do this, this, and that. So it's like, I want to have that and not have to worry about going to another place to work. I want right. people, I want to be booked and busy. Booked and busy. Hashtag booked and busy in five years. So. Hashtag booked and busy. Oh, and you asked me another At question. At the very end, when you're done with everything, when you have built your empire. At the very end, I'm going to have a location in California because that's important. Mm-hmm. I want to have an agency in Atlanta and an agency in New York. Um, so I'm kind of going to dominate and I'm going to have yeah local talent. So the same people like in Detroit, of course, it'll be like the headquarters, mm-hmm. but we're going to have an in-house photographer and people in Dallas like, OK, come to our location. We already scheduled this mm-hmm. for because I have actually a lot of out, out of town clients right now, mm-hmm. Tennessee and Atlanta. That's good. Um, and then I'm going to have my two kids. <laughs> 
And you know, my husband is gonna own. Well, my boyfriend, shout out to Lo. He's gonna be. <laughs> he's gonna have his uh, sneaker boutique, and we're just gonna Always be. Always gotta shout out the bay. Yes, even though he's probably watching football. But anyway, <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have that. I'm, I plan to have a family and just be a creative entrepreneurship family like my kids are gonna be like my parents own a business like we already know we're gonna have jobs in the long run like that's they're not gonna yeah set for life turn up yes so our very very last question is if you could switch places with someone for one week Mm. anybody I want to say June Ambrose. Mmm, yes. I love her. She's such a boss. She is such a boss. And she's been a boss. She's like, like she's been a boss. Like, I, y'all, y'all think I'm new to this when I'm true to this type of boss. Like, yes. when I found out she styled Jay-Z's, excuse me, miss, like, the whole, anyways. Original, original FUBU and Rockaware and all of them, that crew, like. But OG. she's just, like, everywhere. She's in everything. She's doing mm-hmm. speaking engagements. She's like, oh, New York Fashion Week. She's around Diddy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have Diddy calling her, like. Our friend, she was in the video. Hey, June, I need you up here real quick. Like, I would love to Girls. be here for a week and be like, listen, I got this friend named Veronica. I'm going to be plugging myself the whole week. <laughs> like, as soon as this is over, I'm going to have these connections. But I was just watching Diddy's Instagram. That's who I want to be. I want to be Diddy. I wouldn't want to deal with Cassie, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy some nice arm candy. You know, recently, I would want to be Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor? Oh, that runway. Yes. Listen, with this blonde wig, Tiana been slaying with this blonde I didn't know her daughter was a junior. Just found out. Yes, that's the cutest thing in the world. They named her Junior. <laughs> oh, my God. Tiana been it. killing life with this blonde wig, and I am just... Tiana and it's so attached to her head. Listen. Like, I can't. <laughs> Giving life so like, much. Cannot. It's just like, what is she doing wrong exactly? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Her, like, her, everything her right. husband brought their child into the world in the bathroom. Man, like, oh, like, oh. I know it wasn't pleasant. She tried to make it seem like it was he, all gun drops. And then pictures she be posting to him. With she great sweatpants. He know what he got. That's she do he, too. They, they both know what they got, and they just like listen. Did he cut off? He did. He cut it off. He I just saw him do a, a designer impression because you know they they look alike. Yeah. He did his designer impression on what's that web series Joe Budden is on? Uh, Everyday Struggle. Everyday Struggle. I died. <laughs> all right, y'all. So is that all we have? Yes, it is. Veronica, can you provide us with um your website, any social media handles that you have, how people can yes. make contact with you? Absolutely. Follow you. Um, I'm gonna remember it. It's very, it's very hard to spell. It's create. I wasn't thinking about it at the time. It's creative without the I. So C R E A T V E, and then exception without the first E. So X C E P T I O N for legality. Wait, that. I'm not gonna remember. For legal purposes, I had to spell it that way. Um, but it's the same on Instagram. It's gonna pop up Facebook. Me on Instagram is really easy to remember. Veronica and Sierra because I have a double first name. Uh, a double first name? I have a hyphenated first name. That's so cool. My parents set me up for failure. <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing in the world. It's legit, like, the worst thing. I always have to go so through a second. So you have a double first name, middle name, and last name? Yes, ma'am. And I have two middle names. I have two middle names as well. See, that sounds normal. Like, why you gotta... I always gotta go through a second background check because they changed my name. So it was Sierra mm-hmm. Danielle Gibson, and then my dad was like, hey... Add that. It's so his name is Ron, and we didn't have they didn't have a boy. boy. So um yeah. So I always have to go through two because when you pull my social, it brings up Sierra and Veronica, and they're like, "What's going on? Who is who? Who is who?" But yeah, Veronica and Sierra, and I'm always popping on my pages. So if you go and follow me on my personal, you'll get everything. Get all. Of you'll get all of that. Ronnie the exception on Twitter too. <laughs> I forgot I just made that. So follow me back, Western people. I'm getting angry. Let me follow you right This now. ratio, this 300 to 60 is embarrassing and I'm we not ugly. Get, gonna, so what's up? We're going to get there. We're going to get some followers. I'm about to go follow you right now. Y'all better stop hating. 
But as always, thank you so, so, so much, Veronica, for reaching out. Veronica actually reached out to us yes. Yes. on the podcast. Yeah. This was the first person who reached out. Um, this is what we talk about. People being on it. Exactly, yes. right? I want us yes. to do it for the culture. Yes. yes. For the culture. And we do, we focus on millennials who are just starting off their businesses or are still in the beginning stages of growth. So if you know anybody, Veronica, who uh, would be interested in being on the podcast, please let them know. And guys, if you are interested in being on the podcast, please hit us up. Um, we're the new kids LLC on Twitter. We are the new kids radio on no the new kids trade. The new kids radio who, on who SoundCloud. We are the new kids LLC on Facebook and and, in, and Instagram at the new kids. Uh, just the new kids on Instagram, I believe. No, is new it the new kids LLC? LLC? Yeah, one of the two. I think it's the new kids. And Mm, except for SoundCloud yeah, I think everything so Instagram Facebook and Twitter are the New Kids LLC mm-hmm. SoundCloud is the New Kids Detroit mm-hmm. oh, you look okay. us up on iTunes we are the New Kids LLC as well yes we are so thank you Veronica again for coming we do so very 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 much appreciate you uh, we have one more little surprise for y'all is she gonna answer the phone? I told her we were gonna call her. Yeah, but you know how she is. For calling Shariah, y'all. Oh. So what up, though? Hi. Hi. Say bye to the podcast. We're at the very end, and we wanted to make sure that you your voice was on here. Hi, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having fun on your vacation? No, <laughs> <laughs> what I tell you? I told you she was in the bed. <laughs> Well, all right. This is Honey, Taki, Veronica, Maine, and Shariah. From and Adrian. And Adrian. Shariah, where you at? I'm in Philly. And Shariah from Philly signing off. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We will catch you on episode nine. Bye. 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 Deuces.